Hello and welcome to another episode of I Got Something to Say. Today in the show, we will be discussing current challenges of Indian economy. Today in our show, we again have Harsha Chala. Let's skip the introduction to talk. Hey Harsha, how are you? I'm doing good, Sanjay. How are you? I'm doing great. How was your weekend with coronavirus in New York? <laughs> It's going pretty good. I'm not in New York. I have moved to my sister's place. I'm working from home here. And that's Philadelphia, right? Pennsylvania, yeah. Okay, that's great. Yeah, close to Philadelphia. Like an hour, an hour. So US has officially reached half a million cases of coronavirus and it's expanding. The death toll is nearly 20,000. Meanwhile, India is all phase where we were a month ago and it's starting. Indian economy is been growing for the last few years and as we mentioned in around 2010 it grew at a pace of 10 percent which was unprecedented for any developing nation what do you think are the few key things that indian economy can improve on and what are the things that it's lacking yeah coming to indian economy sanjay post liberalization india has been growing at a rate of nearly six to seven percent every year like if you take average growth from 1990 one to current year, it will be in between six and seven percent. Sometimes it is more, sometimes it is less. But prior to the liberalization and post liberalization, so Indian economy has made tremendous improvements. It has grown a lot. But India has been suffering from many problems. Some of the problems are India has a lousy infrastructure and rampant corruption. That are one of the key features which are not allowing India to grow into an economic chain. So how do you think India should be responding to the infrastructure crisis? We know United States has great infrastructure, but again, government thinks that there is huge need. Even in the economic recession that's happening right now, government has increased the spending in infrastructure and there will be trillions of dollars that will be spent in the next few years to create jobs and improve the country's infrastructure. How much money do you think India is going to need given the size of the country, number of people and how much do you think infrastructure demand there is and what's the slack here? Like how much is required to bring India to the platform where it can take full advantage of a huge population by increasing its infrastructure? Yeah, so coming to the current infrastructure that India has, if you want to deliver export goods from India to West, it takes a lot of time than takes for China to export goods to West. Not only about the distance, I'm talking about the distance, there are many other countries which are equally as far to India. The West distance between West and India is same in case of many other countries, but they have done a pretty, pretty good and decent job. The main thing that India is lacking here is because of the corruption and the lack of infrastructure, even if we produce goods, we are exporting to export that it, it is taking longer time. So because of that, most of the most of the Western countries, they don't trust our uh, trust our political system so they are not uh, they are not friendly to invest in our country this can be overcome in many ways first thing is uh, if you look about uh, look at chinese economic model chinese don't have any indigenous economic model what they do is they take semi processed goods from east asia and they do, do value addition to that and they trade with the west so when you see chinese economy when you see the share of exports and imports they have a huge deficit with East Asia, with Japan, with Korea, with Australia, they have huge deficit and with Taiwan also. But where they gain is they add value and they sell that to the West. When they do that, there is a net surplus. In that way, their economy has grown. 
if china can do that india can also definitely do india can also request east asian countries we can import semi processed goods from them and we can we can add value and we can send it to the west but the main thing india lack is like uh, here due to the corruption those companies they find difficult to maintain all the things that they do in, in in china due to one party rule and some many other issues the to like they are very business friendly so they can do that in china very easily but coming to india because of this corruption th- that is holding india back that's why those they, those companies they are not interested in doing the same thing with india so i wanted to give my listeners just a glimpse of how big the chinese exports and imports are with australia for example there is a statistics which says china imports so many goods or so much semi produced goods or raw materials from australia like coal and other the minerals which australia has the amount is so high that for example if chinese economy goes down by 1% then it would have a huge ripple effect on australian economy and the australian economy will also go down by half a percent it's very researched statistics and just the fact that country depends so much on a different country it put the host country into a great advantage and i think at this particular instance all the western countries or australia for example they would like their economy to be less dependent on just one country and they would like to move the epicenter of global trade towards another country and there are a few options here but most of the options are not viable because of the lack of technology or cost of living in those countries but i think india right now in this particular time in history when we are living it's so imminent that india can become a leader just by saying that okay i can do the same thing that china does do you agree yeah seriously india can do that the only thing india has to do is it has to build more ports it has to build more railways and m- more roadways so that the if a good is produced in southern part of india it has to be transported to mumbai or kolkata like see if you want to test trade with uh, east asia it's better to go with kolkata port because that is closer to that so we have to transport goods and goods and all the services that we produce with a rapid speed that can be done if the infrastructure and the if the road transport and the rail transport or the, the if if it is transported through seaways at a rapid pace that can only happen if we improve, improve our ports and if we improve our road infrastructure of course for example if we were planners for new india where would you recommend bring a new port if you look at the whole landscape where we have bay of bengal on one side arabian sea and indian ocean it's a peninsula so where do you think we can have an extra port which would help us to connect to the rest of world uh, i don't think we need only one port we need multiple ports so in india nearly 9 to 10 states have coastal areas they are connected to sea we can have one gigantic port we can build one new gigantic port in each and every state there was a big government plan called smart cities in which they said that we'll build 100 smart cities by year so and so do you think india should have like a smart ports project where they definitely smart cities project that is one of the one of the best project that india has ever had because the current cities in india they have grown too much way over their size they are unable to handle that population so if we develop some if we if we develop 100 more smart cities they will take the burden of the existing cities in the same way if you do if you develop some new ports that will take the burden of the older ports that are dealing with lot of traffic and congestion yeah and that would bring a huge 
increase in the economy and greater number of jobs for everyone and there will be also uh, decentralization so everything is not concentrated in fewer ports we will have more ports the business will be concentrated around more areas and we cannot even imagine the number of jobs it will create definitely it will be a ripple effect it will create a lot of indirect jobs and direct and indirect jobs too so what kind of laws india should remove or what kind of laws india should bring how it can manipulate the rule book so that it attracts more consumers because we have seen an example of a country which rose from ashes for example singapore singapore's economy has been one of the most liberal economies in the world where it allowed basically anyone and everyone to do business without any taxes and all the multinationals they rose in numbers and they dropped their money all into singapore do you think india can remove the income tax because right now there is only 5% or so people not even 5% i think there is just 1% a few years back but a lot have changed in the last few years so i i would say 2 to 3% and there is just so less people who are giving income tax so what's the even point of having income tax on paper definitely Why? definitely before coming to the in- income tax you you were saying like we have to remove some of the laws right so what we can do is to move up in the ease of business rankings currently i think india is in 63 something actually it was uh, the rank was above 100 recently it has moved up it is a good news but the thing is like we have to move more up the ladder i think india should be around uh, india's rank in ease of doing business should be around 20 or something so that can be done by removing unnecessary laws like there are many socialist labor laws so those are some of the hurdles you can remove those things then you can improve your rank in ease of doing business and the second thing is coming to the income tax that you have mentioned in india nearly 3 to 4% of the people pay income tax agriculture sector doesn't pay income tax they contribute to nearly 14 or 15% to the gdp they don't pay income tax all the traders merchant small scale traders they don't pay income tax the rich they hire the chartered accountants and they they evade uh, most of them evade tax or they pay less tax than they have to do by all these means and they evade tax only the people who pay income tax are middle class people or who are owning some white collar jobs it is like an harassment to them so i am with you i agree i mean i i am with the idea that income tax should be abolished in india once the income tax is abolished the it can do wonders to india the main advantage of that is the idea of saving something saving money and saving it money in terms of black money saving it in abroad all this becomes irrelevant and people they do, they don't have to do all these things because now there is no income tax and the thing is like all these people who try to save their money by this illegal means or tax evasion they will spend that money by some by some means so they will create a lot of consumer demand and that will pop up the, uh, that will increase the economy very much and you and i need to mention one thing like uh, in coming to the gdp there are uh, gdp there are many contributors in the gdp if you take the gdp by component for india household consumption it it accounts for 60% of the gdp so if the household consumption of the indians improve a lot the gdp will surge so that just means having access to basic things like a fridge or having access to the food and having access to air conditioning systems and all those like basic amenities we enjoy every day that's it right we have to increase yeah, those it. spend yeah that that spendings will automatically increase See, if there is a poor family if they start earning more they will move to a good house they will buy good devices that they need like fridge tv they buy all the necessary equipment in the home that's how the household consumption of the people increase a lot that can improve 
if the living standards and per capita income of the people improves yeah you are right and where else can india invest in we have talked about infrastructure we have talked about changing the laws where else can india improve in is it education or is it technology innovation yeah. before coming to that i need to say a few more things so coming to the components that contribute to gdp there are other components like government consumption investment in fixed capital investment in inventories and exports and imports are also one of the key factor currently exports contribute to 19% of our gdp and imports they contribute to minus 22% because imports we are importing from them right so there is a deficit of 3% india should export more it, that will be one of the factor that will in- increase the gdp and coming to the now when we come to technology and innovation when a country is progressing the gdp per capita and gdp nominal they increase they increase in terms of some small sizes like they increase by 4% 5% or 8% depending on the thing but if the increase has to be tremendous it has to be a huge surge that can only happen through innovation that jump in gdp can only happen if there is an innovation i just wanted to bring one thing here we talked just recently about the trade deficit that india has with other countries i just simply cannot understand why when we talk about the politics in india we don't talk about the trade deficit that india has i've been listening to the democratic debates and i was a big listener of the republican debate back in 2016 when donald trump was getting elected as president and even now when he talks about everything that's going on with the country one of the key things that he emphasizes on is the 500 billion dollar trade deficit that us has with china and this is something that brings up patriotism in americans also they say why are we dependent on one country so much and why is there such a huge trade deficit we should be always exporting that's what americans say so why is it that in terms of indian political discussions or debate why is the trade deficit not key element where every political party has to show what are their plans to improve the trade deficit because the p- problem with uh, the political parties in india is they are they are focusing more on other issues than economical issues if they focus more on economy then they will th- think about all these things but they are focusing on other issues so it's up to them like it, they have to be more economically aware i will say one thing after 1990 when pv narasimha rao has liberalized the economy indian gdp growth went from 3% to 8% in 5 years but nasim Rao has lost 1996 elections very strange and Vajpayee he between 1998 to 2004 Vajpayee was the prime minister of India and India faced many situations during that time like India entered Kargil war they are due to that Pokhran nuclear test west has imposed sanctions on India and there were many other problems that India has encountered but India grown at a pace of nearly 6 to 7% during that phase but Vajpayee lost elections in 2004 so if people yeah, are not trusting if, if people are not acknowledging them they also won't be speaking that they do things that give them vote that fetch them votes you are absolutely right when you say that indian politicians are only as good as the indian voters are so indian voters need to emphasize whenever the next election comes that how is a political party going to solve the trade deficit that's period like we have to solve it yeah so that's why the current government is coming with make made make in india and all those schemes i hope th- those bring some of the changes they will take away some of the persisting problems i think we can do a separate show just on how 
मेक इन इंडिया और स्किल इंडिया और सिमिलर गवर्नमेंट प्रोग्राम्स हैव क्रैश्ड और फॉलन स्टेट ऑन देयर फेस देयर आर प्रोग्राम्स व्हिच हैव डन प्रीटी गुड लाइक स्वच्छ भारत और क्लीन इंडिया बट द अदर प्रोग्राम्स व्हिच वुड हैव एम्फसाइज्ड मच मोर ऑन द इकोनॉमिक डेवलपमेंट ऑफ द कंट्री दे हैव फॉलन फेस एंड आई थिंक इट देयर इज अ ह्यूज नीड टू पॉइंट आउट द मिस्टेक्स दैट वर डन एंड पॉइंट आउट द मिस्टेक्स राइट एज़ वी स्पीक बिकॉज़ द टाइम टू एक्ट इज नाउ आफ्टर अनदर 3 और 4 इयर्स everyone will forget what whole problem was if the government gets reelected or even if it doesn't or another government comes they will forget about all the previous plans of the other government so yeah. time is now where we have to bring a mirror in front of government's face and say you have underperformed on these issues and you need to be proactive now so let's speak about the technology or education innovations that india can do in the few years yeah coming to the technology and innovation currently india has some uh some 400 or 400 to 400 reputed engineering colleges i guess india has to increase that a lot so india has to build more colleges and the li- current literacy rate of india is less than 70% the literacy rate in india has to go above 90% it has to be in par with uh, western countries or developed countries in the world how can the new system of e learning or online classes imp- help us improve in this regard because there has been a few programs like nptel which is so popular that when i was studying at texas a&m or a lot of my friends they would call out that indian guy who teaches us math on naptel or who teaches us math on so and so platform like chegg for example there is a tremendous opportunity here because india has numerous colleges for engineering every state has hundreds of engineering colleges but 90% of them are crap and the students that come out of those colleges are even more bigger crap and we have this problem and now the solution for me what i can see right now like right now is having access to online learning platforms where highly skilled professors give out lectures on very specific topics very specialized topics and that way students can improve their knowledge on certain areas and again we are also switching towards a country which is heavily dependent on computer science I'm not saying that's bad but at the same time given the number of people we have we should be everywhere we should have been tackling every single corner of technological innovation what do you say on that like could yeah. online classes be a solution yeah people do have access because people from india they can take online course courses through coursera and many other uh, many other sites so they do have access what they need is they need some awareness about that many people in india are not really aware of these things they need awareness because if you go on online and if you search in coursera or some other reputed sites you can see lot of courses that are taught by some of the reputed professors in the world also there is a gap here in terms of laws where the college doesn't have a faculty and it, it has a certain course for example in its curriculum and the faculty is teaching that course without ample content and now we need to just make a rule here that let's combine the online classes on coursera and that professor where students should be able to understand from coursera and at the same time the professor there should be able to address the questions that the students would have on those topics that they just studied yesterday so what do you suggest are the few ways where we can connect the online platforms and the traditional university system and bring them on into one page and tell them that okay now you have to take advantage of everything you have and there you should not be giving any excuses yeah it will be a good thing it will be a good thing if we combine all of them like so suppose there are four or five online sites which teach uh, which teach some of the courses 
it will be a good thing to have a one platform which will unify all those things and people across the different different formats also can learn what else do you want to talk about today is there anything that you left current structure economic structure of india so in india the gdp contribution by each sector agriculture uh, agriculture sector it contributes to 16% of our of, of our gdp industry sector it contributes to 23% of our gdp and services it contributes to 62% nearly 62% of our gdp the number of people who are dependent on agriculture is so high but the contribution of agriculture sector is very less we have to tackle that we have to tackle this either we have to increase the share of agriculture in our gdp or reduce the population that are dependent on agriculture yeah definitely the wages in those sectors need to increase and quality of the produce has to increase so that yield has to increase yield has to increase so that our wheat that's grown in india can compete with the wheat that's grown in anywhere else in the world and the quality has to be perfect at the same time there is opportunity for new industries to pop up for example i love beer and i also like wheat so these two things which are cash crops or a crop like wheat which is grown in india in huge amount but there is not a wide selection of beers available in india because of very limited companies that compete in the market space what do you think about that like what are the new industries that should come out of the agricultural sector yeah coming to the new industries Uh, that should come in agricultural setup first thing yeah, is we have to de- yeah we have to develop we have to put more institutions that are related to agriculture which will improve the yield per acre of the main crop that india are growing the rice uh, the yield of rice in india is uh, very less when compared to japan and china the yield of wheat grown in india is very less compared to united states and china so when you suppose there are uh, a farmer is having 100 acres and he is producing 2 tons per acre and if he is producing 2 tons if that yield increases to 3 tons per acre now even if he reduces the area under, under agriculture he will get more profit first thing is the, we have to tackle this and we have to increase the yield and i have mentioned in the previous video also you can increase the yield of uh, yield of milk that is uh, that we are we get from cows i mean cows and buffaloes that will also add on Uh, that will also add a lot to our economy also here i think us is a big exporter of soybean and china is a big importer of soybean and there are many other crops that are imported in various countries all across the world so we need to build those trade relations with those countries and these traders need to come out or not just traders the farmers themselves the big farmers they have to go and approach those big players and tell them you have to buy our crops because we can produce whatever quantity you would want yeah we can produce at a cheaper price we can produce it at a cheaper price and we can if you deliver a best product at a cheaper price they will definitely buy but the thing is like you have to maintain that if you have to deliver the product at a cheaper price you have to produce in large scale and you have to use the latest technology yes it just comes down to a lot of growth happening in lot of sectors at the same time i think we all have a lot of steps to walk in this direction and i personally feel very motivated towards how much we can achieve in this and how much work we can do for example we have elon musk in us which has his hands on five six industries at the same time and is advancing all those we need elon musk in india too we cannot just depend on ambani and i hear lot of people complaining about income inequality people say that after 1991 reforms the income inequality in india has risen but the thing is uh, if you want to solve the poverty in, in your country uh, it can't be solved by taxing the rich because if you tax the rich people they will go out of the country or they will do tax evasion and they will declare false income or something they will do some kind of things and get over that the the main thing to solve this is you need more job creators than job seekers 
if everyone wants to go into an engineering college and get a job so many people will be out of job even any any government in the world can't provide those jobs people have to save more and they have to invest in business and they have to be they have to provide jobs they have to create jobs in fact definitely let's save up some money so that we can invest in india yeah sure i'm definitely going to do that i am going to put all my savings into india because for example i am living on a f1 visa right now and uh, it's just so hard to invest anything except in stock market you can put all your money in stock market here but if you want to do real business there are so much constraints for international students or people who don't have a green card or a citizenship in US that it just leaves you with no other option than to invest in India i think that's also plays in india's advantage yeah i think it will be better if we invest in india because we know the situations and conditions over there better than we know here exactly we know the market we know we lived there a long time so it it's our den so it's better to start something there okay so with this let's conclude this episode of i got something to say we talked a lot about the challenges facing and we talked about how a lot of growth can be achieved in various industries in the end i would like to drop my own instagram or snapchat handle that's i m s s n e g i harsha would you like to drop your instagram or twitter handle yeah yeah definitely my instagram is being harsha challa thank you everyone for listening and harsha you have a great day thank you